Hey, uh, Brian Parker uh, coming at you. I'm doing another video. Uh, this is a, a debt collection one, but it's uh, on private student loans. There's a lot of action out there, trillions of dollars. And with the uh, lifting of the, uh, the waiver or the forbearance from Biden, uh, I thought it'd be topical, but with a slight uh, difference. We're doing private student loans today, and the difference is they are just uh, like any other bad debt lawsuit. Um, they're not backed by any government entity. There's no Joe Biden to the rescue or anything like that, not, not having a political opinion, because the type of loans where everybody was not paying their loan for the last three years under COVID restrictions those are backed by the government. Separate from those are private student loans. And there's lots of private student loans out there. A lot of old stuff and a lot of uh, old debt litigation. Now, uh, this uh, video is given under what's called the, well, I, this sounds like a deposition, but it's under the auspices of just giving you education and information, informa uh, education and information. And I'm not representing you, of course. As always, go to my show notes if you want to see what I just said and you don't want to look at this again. Uh, shirt's not bad, though. Um, I want to get right to this. It just came to me, and it may be a long one. It may be a short one. But when you get the private student loan debt, again, that is owned by someone other than a governmental entity. So it used to be that Sally Mae Loans that eventually became Navient was flirting around, and I did a lot of litigation with that. They sort of were government-sponsored. They were government-sponsored, but they weren't officially government loans that are not subject to the FDCPA, like private student loan debts. And you're going to see a private student loan debt in the shape of something called the National Collegiate Student Loan Trust. Or uh, SE, SLM Education, you might see uh, something called Naviate Solutions. Or some just asynchrony bank student loan got bought by uh, Crown Asset. Or one of those um, usual suspects will own a student loan debt. You should dance. You should be happy because... That pressing, gnawing black cloud that's over you titled student loan just got great for you. If you're sued on a private student loan debt, don't let that go into the bucket that is public student loans. This is something that's just an old debt. And you've seen my debt collection videos. If you haven't, just go over there, over there. <laughs> uh, go to Podcast Plus or the front of my website, collectionstopper.com, and all the videos you want on debt collection are there. If there's more and you need them, let me know. But private student loan debt is no different than any bad debt purchase. They're just as old, they've got the wrong information, and they don't have any proof. So if you're trolling around the internet trying to find a solution, you came to the right place, and I want you to change your attitude. It's a good thing. So let's say you owe $20,000. Well, this guy, if he's a private student loan purchaser, didn't pay $20,000. He's going to say he's deserving of $21,000.
but you can get them way down. National Collegiate Student Loan, SLM. SLM, you can wipe them out. National Collegiate Student Loan Trust, they're a little tougher, and they've started to bring in a national law firm, at least with me the last couple of years, and they litigate the heck out of everything. Their law firm seems to find this um, to be a golden goose. But you know what happens to the golden goose if you go to the golden goose too many times. Uh, so let's get right to it. You'll see, uh, for example, National Collegiate Student Loan Trust, or as I call them, NCSLT, they'll say that their National Collegiate Student Loan Trust 2005-2, um, that's not their name. Their own paperwork says, <laughs> it sounds like the Ohio State, but their real name is the National Collegiate Student Loan Trust 2005-2. I've started going in on those cases saying, wrong entity, can't be suing my client. It's a small thing, and there's an old uh, evidence expression I learned from law school, Wigmore on evidence, that said, a brick is not a wall. So it's just a brick, but we try to have a lot of bricks building up our debt collection wall here. So look, when you get one of these lawsuits, the first thing you do is break it down, man. Just take the lawsuit, go through each line, and it's been written a thousand times. You may even see reference to an old debt that was not part of this because it's just the same old, same old as far as litigation, uh, uh, debt buying litigation. They back up nothing. Uh, they'll say XYZ was assigned to somebody else with no proof. They'll attach some paperwork sometimes that makes no sense because remember the rule in debt collection, they're pretty much assured of an 85% to 90% default rate. So they'll just put anything together like they do with debt buyers and hope that you default. So first thing you're going to do, because you're smart and you sort of listen to me, uh, so you were probably smart before I came along, but I'm trying to give you tips from 30 years, and I believe I'll do less than 30 minutes today. Look at each line of the lawsuit and then say, how are they proving this? That's your best thing. Grab it, take a pen and say, how are they proving this? They can't, they won't. And when they add paperwork, check the paperwork out. Does it back up what they're saying? I can answer that right now. No. Um, in fact, with National Collegiate Student Loan Trust Cases, NCSLT, you can go to the deposit and sale agreement or their... Uh, servicing pool blah 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 it's just a they make up a whole bunch of crap but you will find that there are five entities behind the plaintiff that is now suing you in fact most of this bad old student loan trust or any of that stuff has the inner workings and makings of a bad debt buyer like for example if you see an lvnv funding case they will have like four entities claiming to own the debt before it got to LV and Fundy. Two of the entities, they kind of own each other and then say they don't. I think it's resurgent is the name of one of them. It's a convoluted mess, purposefully so. They're not proving anything because they figure with the 85%, 90% deal, they don't have to prove anything. But again, if you're a student of me, you will make them prove you prove that you owe the debt. And, and, and keep in mind, I, I need you to remember this mantra. This used to drive my ex-wife crazy because she'd say, 
I pay my debts. Why do your clients not pay theirs? And I would say the same thing. My client does owe the debt. They're not shirking their responsibility. They don't owe it to this company that's five assignments and transfers down the road. And I would try to get her to see this, but she'd take the same approach. And that's the approach that we all take when we get sued. Oh, God, I remember I took out that $20,000 loan. I thought it went away. The five entities that back up a National Collegiate Student Loan Trust are um, the First Marblehead Bank, Marblehead Bank, the National Collegiate Funding LLC, Gate Holdings Incorporated, and the National Collegiate Student Loan Trust, et cetera. There's a couple. Oh, the actual bank that you probably made the deal with, but you don't owe the entity five assignments down the road. One of the reasons is, is where are the assignments to each entity? It's a chain. It's like any chain. It's as strong as its weakest link. And they put all of the private student loan debt buyers. Again, I don't want you to think it's a student loan debt. It's a private debt buyer. And act accordingly. It's junk. It's a junk debt buyer. And some of this stuff is 10 years old. And they claim to be the eventual new uh, current creditor. I remember to look up. They never are. But again, they're playing the odds. And you should too. A quick answer. And by the way, if you go to my website, I've got at least three debt collector private student loan complaints. Each one has the actual complaint and then how I've answered. So you'll see the an SLM education trust one, a National Collegiate Student Loan Trust, a couple of those, and then the answers. So you can use those answers if you want in your case. I'm not sure what state you're in. I'm not practicing law for you, but they're a nice general approach to take. Um, and they all claim the same thing, that the contract was duly assigned in the normal course of business. What does that mean? It means we don't have to explain anything. <laughs> We're hoping for a default. Um, none of it has any proof attached to the lawsuits. So go to my website. It's a treasure trove under collectionstopper.com podcast plus. It's a treasure trove of great information free that you can use to defend your own lawsuit or if you're an attorney, give you the basis of some understanding. It's how I do my research. I get a brief come in against me. I'll look around the internet to see how other people have handled things. Then I'll shape it accordingly to my facts of my state. There's nothing wrong with that. It's a smart move. Again, we've gotten into chat GPT. I would not go there right now, especially with this stuff. Although it might be helpful. Just make sure you edit. Um, a lot of the times, as I said, the debts for student loans are so old, your name is spelt wrong. Like I have a client, she got married 10 years ago and has been using that name. They cite her 10 years later, actually 13 years later, as her maiden name while claiming to own the debt. I got to believe that if you own something, <laughs> you know the identification of the person you got it from. Uh, and they seem to get some things right that matter to them, but the actual name of the client, they get that wrong. So is that the whole case? No, but it's another brick in the wall, Pink Floyd. But it's another brick in the Wigmore wall. Wigmore on evidence. Look it up. 
says a piece of evidence is not a wall. It's just a brick. But if we can keep adding these bricks, we're going to have a nice wall set up. So let's look at some bricks. One of the bricks is the governing law provision. What the hell is that? Well, in the loan, it'll say you, it'll identify you as you. Clearly, they don't know your name. Uh, have agreed to litigate any case that we have against you, and I guess you, you against them, in a certain state. I've never seen a contract, a promissory note that backs a student loan case that does that right. Every lawsuit I've ever had, I'm in a couple of states, has a governing law provision saying if there's any lawsuit whatsoever, it has to be done. It's usually California or Rhode Island, uh, Texas, but it's never the state that they sue in. So that's another brick in your wall. You're, this wall is building up now. You want to show the court. And what I do is, and I recommend you do this, you'll see in my complaints and in my answers, I'll cut and paste the governing law provision from the contract, drop it right into my answer and say, hey, judge, because <laughs> judges have a huge file of cases. They, there's just a pile, uh, file and pile. They want out if they can get out, either default or rule one way or the other, but they're required. The, the clock is always ticking on every case they get. The legislature says you've got to be done by this case in such and such a time. So if they see a way to get out of a case, this, this governing law provision, if you bring that forward and say, look, judge, we're not even supposed to be here. Shame on the debt collector for doing that. And the judge is going to be like, well, I got to go with the contract. Wink, wink. Boom, the case is gone. So look for the governing law provision. That's another brick. Look at the chain of title. Just like any debt collection case where it's a debt buyer, we want to see a chain of title completed. And it never is. There's never any proof with student loan debt. Also, when you're looking at the assignments where they say, hey, we got this and we got it from him and he got it from her, you'll notice that sometimes if there is an account number, especially with National Collegiate Student Loan Trust, it changes. The, they just up and change the, the account number. That's another brick in the wall. Uh, looking to find out who really owns that debt and not being able to find it. If you can't see it in the complaint when they've got to put their best foot forward, it ain't there. Again, they're banking on the 85 to 90% default rate. Another brick in the wall. They will claim to be creditors. We own the debt. We're the current creditor. Therefore, the FDCPA doesn't apply. But the rule to apply is if you're pursuing a debt for a third party that was in default, then you are considered a debt collector. Well, they're pursuing it for somebody. The chain of title is crap. So they're clearly not pursuing as a creditor, meaning collecting for themselves, they're collecting. And generally, by the way, even with private student loan cases, their debt has all been securitized. I'm going to say six of my 11 videos, I floated around this concept of securitization. And I'm going to get there. But student loan debt, huge, secure, hugely, bigly securitized. 
Go, in fact, go to your contract or your promissory note, and they'll say right in there, we may be assigning this to a trust. Wink, wink, maybe, sort of. That's what they're doing. So that thing, if it comes out of the trust, it's got to have an assignment to whoever. So when you're doing the student loan litigation, especially with the NCSLT, go look to see if there's a trust. And there usually is, especially with SLM. In fact, if you look at the paperwork of student loan companies, specifically NCSLT, go to the deposit and sale agreement, I believe, or the servicing agreement, and they have sections. Go to section 12. This is cool. Go to section 12, and it will say assignment. And it will say, we're assigning this debt to a trustee. It says this is being sent to a trustee. And then NCSLT comes along and says, no, we own it. Their own paperwork says they assigned it to a trustee, which is a trust. And there's nothing coming out of the trust. So that's a huge brick in the wall. And I think you've got a nice little wall going on now. You have debt collectors suing uh, for somebody else just by virtue of the fact that there's no proof they even own the debt. So they're third-party debt collectors. Some cases, they will say we are debt collectors. It will be the law firm prosecuting the case that has put that into the lawsuit, but the law firm is not a party. So who is the collector that is saying right on the lawsuit, we are debt collectors? Anything you say will be used for that purpose. Well, that is only one person, and that is SLM or NCSLT or Navient uh, Purchasing or whoever it is. Another brick in the wall as far as Sally May and Sally May Bank. Uh, 2013, somebody got caught with their hands in a cookie jar, and uh, Sally May became Navient, which has another bunch of issues. And I did a couple of, di couple of depositions when that happened, and there was no, I found out, assignments from... Sally May to Navient. If you have a student loan, private student loan, as opposed to public, public, you think Navient owns your debt. But that's coming out of a government trust too, by the way. I'm not going there today. Um, but there's no evidence that any of the debt that Sally May held prior to it becoming Navient was transferred over to Navient. So that's another place to go. What I will know and have litigated, Sally May and a company called Sally May Bank are two separate entities. Sally May Bank still exists. Sally May doesn't. Sally May took a lot of those loans that sometimes Sally May is claiming to give to uh, the people pursuing you. So that's another brick in the wall if you want to dig around. I've got some nice depositions on that, some transcripts. If I remember today, I'll put on the website where I have... Somebody from Sally Mae Bank and Navient saying, yeah, I don't know where that stuff is. We, we're supposed to assign this. It's amazing what people will give you if you push them hard enough. And uh, you may want to check out my how to give a dep how to take a deposition transcripts and you'll know what I'm talking about. But I've got some good stuff. So in conclusion, I would like you to remember the following. A brick is not a wall, but how do we get our wall? We look at the SOL, that's another thing. It's an old debt. 
Think to yourself, when did I last make a payment on this debt? Some states, it's only four years of non-payment and you can't be sued. Uh, Michigan, for example, is six years. Florida is four, sometimes five, depending on how they categorize the debt. How are they categorizing the debt in your lawsuit? Are they saying it's a breach of contract but not attaching a contract as most states require you do before you say, hey, look, you didn't follow, you breached the contract? Is it what's called an account stated, which 99 out of 100 old debt buyer cases are? So look up, here's another brick, look up the statute in your jurisdiction for account stated statute. For example, in Michigan, to prove it, if you don't have the contract, then you must say, here's proof that he used the card or he paid on the card or we have an agreement with him previously made right before the lawsuit, for example. I've never seen that, by the way. Uh, the millions of times that my clients have been sued under account stated, I always say, you haven't proven the elements because the elements are never pled. They just say account stated and they think they can get away with adding a couple of documents that show the client maybe using it, maybe signing up for the card, maybe, maybe. But you, if you're going to go through an account stated claim, you've got to fulfill the elements. It's just like a trial. When you go to trial, I literally put the elements on a board and go, hey, jury, did you see this proven? Did it? Well, elements are the only way your client is going to lose or you are going to lose. If every single element is a yes did this happen? Did this happen? Just one missing element, much like the chain of title, then the whole thing collapses. And I've never seen any element proven, especially in the claptrap garbage that is filed against just about every person in the U.S. by debt collectors. Again, it's a machine that will break down easily if it's asked to justify any part of itself. Margins are quite small in debt collection. Purchasing debt is getting tougher and tougher. There are large corporations like your Encore Group or your Portfolio Recovery Associates. They are publicly traded companies that are buying up debt. So what's left over for the other guys? The prices rise. So margins are smaller. They take chances. It's debt they end up paying pennies on the dollar for. They never can prove it. That's the same thing with student loan debt, private student loan debt. Never forget that. So look at your SOL. When did you make the payment? If you didn't make a payment within four years, in some cases, or five or six, you cannot be sued. That's an affirmative defense. Look at your chain of title. Have they proven? Is there a bridge between each person they claim to have owned the debt? And there's always missing people, too. <laughs> it's a mess. Again, that's their 85 to 90% theory. So look for your assignments, changing account numbers, who really owns the debt, and are they debt collectors? Do they meet the definition of being debt collectors? All right. This may be the first video I've done other than my trailer where I've, I think I managed to do less than, yeah, it's 25 minutes. So go to collectionstopper.com for the show notes on this video. Uh, you want to look at Podcast Plus on CollectionStopper.com for a ton of stuff, podcasts, YouTube videos. Uh, people call me down and they go, hey, I've, 
I've got a letter or it just came. What do I do? I'll go go look at my my um, validation and dispute letter video. And I'm getting such good positive feedback. I'm able to help more people because of these videos. I'm hoping this helps you. I thought about doing this and thought, oh boy, this can take an hour. And then it just occurred to me that every student loan, private student loan debt lawsuit, I put three of them on the website. Where's the website? Um, you'll see it's garbage. It's just like an LVNV funding or a PRA or a Midland Credit Management. There's stuff there and fingers appointed, but no proof. So they'll go away. So don't please think, oh, God, student loan. Don't put private student loan debt into the bucket that is the public student loan debt. Give yourself a break. It's garbage. Go on my website, collectionstopper.com. All the help, excuse me, information for educational purposes will be there. Um, again, I thank you for watching. I'm, I'm really... Um, serious. If you need something addressed that I'm not touching upon, I'll do a video on it. Hey, I may get to 30 minutes. Um, it's in here, man. Uh, if you put it in my head, I'll put out a bunch of stuff. I may just do 15 minutes, but it'll be the best 15 minutes that you need because a, a, uh, a chain, a chain of title only has one link to be wrong for the whole thing to collapse. So I I rarely do less than 30 minutes. But if I do, it's packed full of something. And this, I'm pointing to my notes, but this is what you need to look at. How do I break these down? I break them down just like any other debt, bad debt collection lawsuit. The way I've, uh, I, I've, I've showed you and talked about, and again, please subscribe send me comments, email me. I, I like to help. I'm up 24-7. So thank you very much. Have a good day.